check, check, mic check. Show. Presented by Maxis Tires, 100% goggles, decal works, get data, and vertex pistol. On FlipMX.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. What's happening, everybody? Thank you for listening to the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Thursday, March 2nd, 11 a.m., Round eight of Monster Energy Supercross Series coming up this weekend in Daytona. Yeah, Daytona. Uh, either the best race of the year or the worst race of the year. It kind of depends on where you're sitting and uh, what you're thinking about and how you do with the Speedway also. No race has changed as much as Daytona over the years. It is radically different from its inception. And there's been two or three different Daytonas come through for the years. So we'll talk about that and more on the show today, 702-586-7857, 702-586-PULP, uh, if you want to uh, give us a call, and uh, we're going to give away a Fly Racing windproof jersey as well as a pair of 100% goggles on the show today, flyracing.com. Justin Brayton back on the bike in Fly Racing gear. He's uh, tuning up a little bit. Uh, RJ Hampshire going to make his 450 Supercross debut in Fly Racing this uh, Saturday. So whether it's uh, boots, helmet, gloves, gear, uh, Fly Racing has you covered head to toe. And uh, they have some great lines and great pricing and great designs kind of for everybody across the board. They definitely have something that will make you happy. Uh, please check them out at your local dealer at motorsport.com, Fly Racing. Dot com. Uh, taking your calls over there in the corner, holding things down. Uh, we're going to have Weege and Kellen join us today. Kellen Brower. Uh, it is the Tits Legendary Tits. What's up? Hello, Stephen. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, great work so far. As always. Show. Yes. As thank always. You. Yep. Uh, all right. We're going to bring in uh, Weege as soon as we can here. Thanks to the folks at 100%. As a San Diego-based company, the 100% brand has been synonymous with American motocross since the 1980s. 100% has been linked to many iconic moments that have helped build the sport of modern moto. When you look at downhill mountain biking and BMX and MotoGP and MLB, snowboarding, skiing, you can see all uh, these athletes across the board asking um, the question. The original tagline. How much effort do you give 100%.com for more information? Hunter Lawrence, uh, or I shouldn't say Hunter Lawrence anymore. I keep saying that. Jet Lawrence, uh, the star racing Yamaha guys. Uh, you look at uh, Cooper Webb, you look at AP, all wearing 100% goggles. They've got a lot of riders in there. And a uh, great company down there in San Diego. So thank you to the folks at 100%.com. Maxis Tires as well, MXSTs, developed by... Some guy named Jeremy McGrath and uh, Maxis.com for more information on that. They have something uh, cool coming down the road. Mountain bike tires, light truck tires, uh, trailer tires. They have uh, tires for everything, and they support this pod. They support the Swap Moto guys as well. And uh, so if you're looking for a tire and uh, you haven't thought about Maxis for a while, well, think about them now, man. Maxis.com for more information on that. We'll talk about Get Plum Creek Funding, Decal Works. And Vertex Pistons, uh, a little bit more later on in the show, but uh, our phone lines are almost full now. It's crazy. 
how many calls we get on this show. Uh, but to talk about Daytona and more, the gentleman whose day was made by a photo in a group text earlier today, the Jason Wagon. What's up, Weech? Yeah, Daytona. Daytona fever. You packed? You ready? You got your flights booked? Where are you staying? What are you doing? Yeah, so, okay, so I'm going to pay over $1,000 to fly into a city that's two hours away, and then I'm not going to be able to stay by the track because the hotel prices are outrageous, so then I'll get up at 5.30 in the morning, I'll drive to the track, my pass won't work anywhere, okay, I'll get questioned and kicked out of everywhere, I won't be able to watch the room, the race from anywhere except for the press box, which is uh, a closed concrete room that just has it on TV, and uh, there'll be 8 million people in, jammed into these pits, and uh, maybe it rains on me, and I can't see one end to the other, but that's Daytona, everybody. Yeah, people go. They seem to have a good time. I mean, <laughs> the crowd gets loud. They they seem to enjoy it. Wow, I'm, listen, I'm not sure what the problem is here. You, I mean, uh, this is a unique experience. You know me, man. You have to pay for things. That's how it works. Well, you're speaking of getting paid. You are getting paid. You are the live announcer yet again for Daytona. Uh, oh yeah. So that that's always a good gig for you. Best race of the year. Right. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I knew mm-hmm. where you're going with this. But mm-hmm. first of all, uh, Justin Brayton's back on the bike. So. Oh my God! I don't even know. I, I haven't. I haven't allowed it to sink okay, in yet. Uh, I mean, we got this photo. What about two hours ago? Yeah, yeah. There's a picture of Brayton sitting on a factory Honda today, talking to none other than the Honda team manager Lars Lindstrom. He is looking good. Yeah, yeah. Very exciting times for Jason Wygat. We don't know where this is going or where it leads, but it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Well, I mean, I think it leads to the podium. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is probably just for opening ceremonies, but I mean. What if he just did a U-turn and went to the gate for heat one? Yeah, what if? Mm-hmm. What if? Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, 702-586-PULP. Give us a call. Uh, Jason Wygott on the line to talk Daytona. But in all seriousness, Weege, Daytona, like, do, do I have any claim to my feelings in your mind, or do you just think that this race, A, belongs on the circuit, is is iconic and epic, and should never go away, and and all of that. Like, do, am I? Is this is this just a completely outrageous take by myself? The only take that I think you can say that you have legitimate, and you didn't mention it on this particular rant, but you say it all the time, is you're saying the track quality. And again, you've stressed it's not anyone's fault. It's just a small amount of space to have to work with. Yeah. The track quality does not breed a good race. That is the only argument. Yep. You're allowed to make because every other argument you make only applies to you, a media person <laughs> who would fly into the race. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. need a press box. Yeah. Everything else and, and whose credential doesn't work the way it normally does. This is not none of those things affect the fan right. who's probably driving from Florida or Georgia or I'm snowed in in New York all winter and I just want to get to bike week where the weather's nice. None of those things apply to them. Okay, no. fair, fair take. Um, yes. Uh, but, yes, the track is, uh, again, no fault to Carmichael. It's just not exciting. It doesn't feature a lot of action. It's not much you can do nowadays from the old days. Let me ask you this, Weege. Uh, I don't know the first time you went to Daytona. Um, what year, first, first year for you? The Supercross? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, only 08. Um, oh, shit. Years and years really? of going to bike okay. Yes. Well, because I was GNCC duty, yep. I told this story before. I think the first year I went was 02. But it was six years of, no, 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 you guys are going to Bike Week, but you will not be going to Daytona. Can you imagine, like, how? Yeah, that's, that's tough. That's a tough, <laughs> tough take. 
we would be in the woods of Florida and then drive to Georgia, and you would literally see the exit for Daytona, and you're like, I can see the speedway from there. Oh. Okay, so let me ask yeah. you this. Without uh, with, I, I, I remember this now. I, I should have done my homework. I do remember you saying this before. But let me yeah. ask you this. Uh, Daytona, full soupy track, like 05 at night. Uh, Daytona, what we have now, old school at night. Daytona, 30-man field, daytime. Gary Bailey designing a track, or, and you're a history historian of the sport, so you'll know this, Daytona like early 80s where it goes over the speedway and goes in the field and comes back and it's 40 guys and it's way more of a national-ish type of race. Which, which Daytona version do you prefer? Uh, yeah, I, I know the old one was this great physical torture test. Yep. But uh, I think it went too far on the you're, – you're racing the track and not the other riders. Um, it was just – everyone was out there just trying to survive, and mm-hmm. the racing was very rarely compelling. Um, and I honestly think that that more supercrossy one in the middle was actually more raceable, I, I think. Yep. I think it worked better from a racing standpoint. Um, this hybrid-ish, I get the point of being like, well, it should feel more like Daytona and not like – Indianapolis Supercross. I yeah. get that point. I don't think it's been as racy as far as being able to make passes. However, for some reason, the last few years have been pretty compelling. It's been close. I'm not even sure if that's luck, or maybe the track race is better than I think, or maybe the right guys get good starts and the right guys get bad starts, and it takes, namely Tomac, it takes Tomac almost the whole race to get to the lead. Uh, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I feel like the dirt work supercrossy one actually raced better. Sorry, hopefully no one has my address. I know everyone wants to kill me for saying that. <laughs> yeah, your, your voice went away a little bit. Your phone went away, so maybe you were trying to do that on purpose. Oh no, I just had my hand over okay. the thing. Oh, I was just scared because I know that everyone is always going to say, yeah. the rougher, the tougher. Every racetrack is the better." But dude, those '80s, '90s Daytonas. Yeah. I mean, you can watch them all on YouTube. Yeah. There are no battles. No, no, they are, and I was I was mechanic side for a lot of those. the the the, the guys in the back were done, done. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. the transitions were gone. It was a square edge triple jump. Uh, yeah. No one was jumping. Th- yeah, they were. It was hot. Yeah, it wasn't much going on. You're absolutely no, right. No, like on that. the last ten minutes, it was just everyone like I'm just doing my laps, and whatever position I'm in, I'm just going to accept that because yeah. I'm tired and I don't want to die. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, you're, you nailed yeah. that one. Uh, by yep. the way, I, speaking of Florida and Daytona, uh, if you're not, if you haven't heard of the Re-Raceables podcast, Weege and I put one up last night. Uh, Gainesville '90. It's him and I reminiscing about old races. This one has Rick Johnson on it. But uh, subscribe and uh, go listen and tell a friend and and uh, trying to promote that Re-Raceables a little bit. So please check it out. RJ was a great interview. Has RJ ever given a bad interview? Ever? No, and we, we apologize again. We're stupid. We should have had RJ on the show five times already, but no. we've only had him on for the first time. Yeah. I don't know why. I think because we've interviewed RJ in other forums a lot, but no one, no one, no one expresses the desire to win that I know all these guys have, but RJ expresses it better than anyone else. So please listen. Okay, so I was writing my observations column this week on RacerX Online. I didn't go to Dallas, but I was writing about it, and I kind of, like... Okay, so I don't. Tomax won day, uh, Daytona six times, right? He passed Ricky last year, six, I think. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. He is probably favored to win this year, also. But I'm here to say that, and I was right, and I thought about this when I was writing my column. After Anaheim won, have we seen a dominant Eli Rod? 
Like he's taking wins, and we know why. Sexton's yeah. and 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 you know he's he's uh, using his veteran uh, skill and savvy to get these wins, and he's in the points lead. But we, I don't know if we should just be like, and because we did our fantasy pod, I don't know if we should just be like, hey, this is this is Tomac Stampin. He's won it six times. Like he's in a, and I don't even know how to say. I'm not saying the word slump because he's not in a slump, but he's been a little off. Well, I'll take it one step further. We drilled into this quite a bit on our um, SMX Insider show. Best thing out there were myself and Daniel Blair Never and our it. stat man, Clinton Fowler. Um, Steve, you remember how, honestly, the first two races of the year are usually kind of weirdo races, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, from, I mean, Roxon won the opener last year, and the season was a disaster. Yeah. We had the year with Barsha and Baggett winning. Yeah. Or Barsha won three in a row and didn't win a single race at any other race those other yep. three years. Yep. So I think when Tomac won the opener on a brand-new bike – and it's the most established guy in the series, the champion winning, it made it look like, well, this is what we're going to get this year. Eli's going to dominate. He could even fall and still win the race. But honestly, I think that it's like any other year. Those first two races where he was clearly the best guy were still weirdo races. It doesn't seem weirdo for Eli Tomac to win because it's so normal. But since those two races, he hasn't had the edge on everyone. That he, I feel like he was just as good. In San Diego, he was the best guy, hands down. Also, just like Anaheim won, he has not been hands down the best guy since. He's won some races. He's been as good as everybody else. Mm-hmm. But the falling down and winning like he did at Anaheim won, we have not seen that gap. And I think it's just Anaheim won's weird, man. No one is riding like themselves. And it's leveled out a little bit. So, yeah. So let's not stamp this Daytona for Eli Tomac. Let's not. Right. Although yeah. Daytona... It depends on how different it is. You know, it's not the Stanton days. Stanton and Kudrowski had could have bad seasons, but they would still win Daytona, yeah, right? Yeah. So I guess the difference now is is Daytona still enough of a different animal where Eli's strengths there, even if he's exactly the same level as say Sexton and Webb in a regular track, he's still five percent better at Daytona, or is Daytona so similar to regular Supercross where it doesn't play out? I'm with you. I don't think it's a stamp it. Yeah, they're just giving him the twenty six points this weekend. There's nothing they can do. Um, no, is he the favorite? Probably yes, but I don't think it's a foregone. I don't think it's as foregone as it has in past years. Remember, Webb Webb did really well last year. Uh, he almost won it. Um, yeah, and even in twenty one, I mean, it was close to him and Roxon. Like he does win yep. these ones, yep. but it hasn't been the you know leading every lap and like he does it with a hell of an effort. Wouldn't be surprised to see him win, but yes, I I agree. And by the way. I don't know about Sexton so much, but you know, just like in 21, uh, or sorry, 22 last year, you know how Webb operates. I mean, he knows how big it would be if he could beat Tomac at this track. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So the idea of like, you know, I just got to take my podium, get as many points as I can. Eli's going to win it. I can guarantee you that is not the way Webb feels. Is there anybody who can knock these three guys off the podium this weekend? Like, I feel like... I know Sexton's blazing fast um, and on a normal supercross track, but Daytona, to me, it rewards uh, creativity. It, war- it awards speed, obviously. It awards um, the ability, if you don't have a start, to think outside the box and wheelie things and tire and wheel tap things, all things that Sexton is really good at. And then Tomac and Webb, for all these reasons, are all-timers at this place. This suits them very well. I just don't know how any of these three are getting knocked off the podium in some order at this race. Yeah, it's weird. It still feels like a longer race than the other races, though technically it's not, right? They're all 20 minutes in a lap. 
maybe the lap is slightly longer, but what are we talking about? The, the, the yeah. race length would be 10 more seconds by the end of the night. But it just seems like there's no place to hide at Daytona. Like, you can get a start and maybe run it for a while, but it seems like there's more time for the cream to rise, even though I know there's not more time. But I do want to mention, it's not like, say, Jason Anderson. Jason Anderson is still showing race-winning level speed every week here and there. I don't want to rule out him getting on the podium for sure. And I think Plessinger is very good at this track. I mean, there's the wild card that is Roxon. It's both. Daytona seems like it separates the cream from the, the, the rest a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like just putting Roxon and Anderson in the mix, they're 100% healthy. They're still fast. They're still good. Yeah. I don't feel like we have that level of depth. I mean, it's crazy to think we have 100% healthy Jason Anderson and we're not considering him the podium shoe-in guy. Like, that's crazy, right? I think they can make the podium, I'm not, but I like, the, I like the odds heavily for these three guys to, to do it in some order, you know? Um, yeah, but, but is Jason Anderson healthy on his Cowie, not like the highest-level fourth-place guy like yeah. we've ever had? This is a guy who people thought could win the title this year, and we're like, yeah, he's just been fourth. Right, right. No, uh, yeah. I'm with you. Uh, Fly Racing, Racer X, or Fly Racing, sorry, uh, Moto 60 Show. We have Ouija on the line. We got Our lines are full. We're giving away a set of 100% goggles and a Fly Racing windproof jersey. Uh, let's get to some of these calls, Ouija. Uh First up, we have a future headline, which will always, you know. Hey, is this Ethan? Yeah, hey, how's it going, guys? Okay, so we're going to do a poll today. Are you at work, Ethan? I'm not, no. Okay, all right. All right, go ahead. What's your question? Okay, let me preface it with this. So Sexton's at a bit of a crossroads on whether or not he's going to figure this thing out. Uh And I could be wrong, but I feel like there may be enough data so far to suggest maybe he just ends up being a guy that has trouble closing down the stretch and, you know, doesn't win as much as he should. And, again, maybe I'm wrong and he does figure it out, but let's just say he doesn't. Okay. I feel like there's still two directions we could see his career going, and there's two riders that come to mind. So my feature line is Mm -hmm. Sexton signals second coming of Stu or – Chase can't close championships a la Bradshaw. Ooh. What do you think, Weech? Ooh, I, I think uh, the Bradshaw thing is a little bit harder because, honestly, Bradshaw, it was pressure. Um, I, the Sexton thing is different. The Sexton thing is different. Um, you know, Bradshaw should have won the 92 title, and the whole conversation would be different, but he admitted that the pressure got to him. We haven't seen it yet. Um, but, yeah, it is weird. And uh, you know what? I was afraid. Ethan, right? Ethan? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I was afraid, Ethan, you were going to use Stu as the example of should have won more but crashed too much. But luckily you actually used Stu as the good side example. Yeah, he's a good um, side. I wasn't, I wasn't I mean, sure what direction you were going to go. He as much as he should, but he's still like, you know, one of the best all time. Okay, yes, exactly, exactly, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's possible, though. Um, I'm still not going to – Steve, you'll probably agree. I'm actually not going to put Sexton at a high level as Bradshaw. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, he's only got okay. two career four fifty supercross wins. At this point, Bradshaw had a lot. Um and Bradshaw's th- level of how good he was and not winning titles is like the biggest gap of all time. Yeah. Like I don't think Sexton's peak is as good as Bradshaw's and Sexton still might win titles. Bradshaw being that good and not winning titles is just incomparable. Yeah, so <laughs> so you'll pick the steel one and, and I think I will too, yeah. Ethan. Yeah. yeah. Uh thanks for yep. the call, man. Thank you. Okay, yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Brandon's on five. Brendan, are you at work or not? Yes, sir. Okay, all right, you're at work. Perfect. All right, what's your, what's your question? <laughs> so 
So I kind of have a two-part question. What do you guys think is the better racing in the 250 class, the showdown or the triple crown? Showdown. Weege? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Just too much talent. All right, Brandon. So with that being said, there's uh, two uh, triple crowns on the West Coast and one on the East Coast. What if we combine the two? and put a showdown as a 250 uh, showdown and the triple crown together. I don't think the teams want that. They already, you know, freak out because their precious 250 Supercross riders have some adversity in the form of a shootout. Um, so I don't think they'd want to do that with a triple crown. Um, Weege, I think this is too much. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Steve. And I also think it's like, how can we spice up? we got 17 rounds. How can we spice them all up? Well, if we do two or three shootouts and two or three triple crowns separate, now we got six interesting races sprinkled in the 17. So I think that's part of it. Yeah. Um, I, don't, yep. I don't see it, Brandon. Uh, thanks for the call, though, man. Thank you. Yep. Good. All right. Dan's on four. Dan, are you at work? Yes, I am. Okay. Perfect. Uh, what's your question? So I got a, I got a two-parter here. Yep. One, I, and I know these odds are, are – Pretty bleak, knowing knowing Eli's record at uh, Daytona. But uh, have we ever had a three-way red plate? Because potentially this weekend we could. If Tomac finishes third, yep. Cooper second, and Chase wins the race, yeah. which could wow. definitely happen. Yep, that could happen. Could happen. And, and I don't believe we've ever had a three-person red plate. Weech? Well, we've already been told this is the closest the points have ever been after seven rounds with only five between three riders. So uh, I would have to imagine if we've never been within five after seven, I can't imagine we had a three-way tie after eight. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Definitely I mean, possible. I mean, it's, it's possible. And, I mean, mm -hmm. I, this is my other – well, it's not really a question, but if you – I did a little bit of looking today on, in the vault, and uh, R.C. – RV and ET at Daytona. Not kind of apples to oranges a little bit. Um, obviously, with uh, RV only competing, I think six full seasons in the 450 class SS. Mm -hmm. But ET's record right now is uh, his first debut at Daytona on a 450, and he never raced a 250 there. From from what I read, was uh, a fourth. He finished second the next year to Dunge. Two in a row to uh, to himself with wins, and of course, you know the uh, the epic Justin Brayton battle. Finished second, and now he's on four in a row. From what I read, he has the best record at Daytona of those three riders. I'm not sure of anybody else, but those are the top three at Daytona. Um. So yeah. Oh, he's by far. He's of, won the most. Yeah. And he, he's won yeah. all but one in seven years. It's not even comparable. Yeah. Right. Right. It's yep. it's unbelievable. So yeah. I yeah. I'm I'm in it. I I like Tomac, but man, I'm I'm in it. I I hope that uh, these guys can shake it up and and we can get a three way battle for the red plate after this weekend. Honestly, that'd be great. I think that would be yeah, That would be great. Oh, yeah. uh, thanks for the call, Dan. So, thank you, man. Yep. All right, guys. Yep. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, who won yep. that one that Tomac didn't win? Do do we do we? Yeah, he won six out of seven. Who was able to take him down? I'm glad you asked. Well, a Daytona specialist, really, a, a man. That we've always known. Oh, yeah. You know? Every year was knocking on the door. Every year was probably the best guy there. Yep. You know, just, just a matter of time. bad luck. Yeah, it was yeah. just a matter of time before JB yeah, captured. Yeah, before Justin Brayton was able to break through. The one man yep. who's been able to stop Eli Tomac over a seven-year span. Yep. That is just ridiculous <laughs> that that's actually the stat.
It is. Uh, Jeremy, uh, th- thanks for calling the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Do you have uh, – are you at work, Jeremy, first of all? Yes, I am. Okay, perfect. Uh, what's your question about Kevin Morantz? Okay, so, yeah, I, I listened to the uh, – to the um, to the fantasy pod and and I'm I'm sitting here picking the, you know my winning team for the weekend uh-huh. and so I noticed y'all didn't mention Kevin Moran's look and, and throughout the whole show and I'm like well maybe I can give him a look and so I started doing a little bit of research where Kevin Moran's like I guess five seasons this is his fifth season racing professionally he has never raced Daytona do you know why that is uh, where are you doing your research the the vault race race vault yes. The vault is based on main event finishes. So that it's something that's been coming up lately where you have to make the main to appear in there. It doesn't mean that he didn't show up. That simply means he probably didn't make through the LCQ. Did we keep that in mind. Do people not know that? Yeah, so that simply means I don't need to have him on my team then, correct? Uh, no, he could make the main. No, for sure. Uh, they told yeah, us very yeah. start dependent. He's a great starter. The stat that I yeah. got Clinton to dug up, dig up for me a few weeks yep. ago was pretty amazing. He's made like... 18 450 main events, and 16 of them were through the LCQ. Pretty crazy. Uh, wow. Yeah, he, he gets into the mains, but it's always, almost always through the LCQs because um, he gets starts. So Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I would think, think Moran's is a decent pick, you know? Yeah, I don't think I he's any worse at Daytona than he normally is. Yeah. 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 Yep. I mean, he's had a, he usually does well outdoors. So uh, that's the reason yeah, I went to right. the vault for, and I, yep. I found nothing, you know, for Daytona. So that explains it, Weed. Yep, there you go. Thank you, man. All right. Yep. Thanks, Thanks for calling. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, by the way, Weech, uh, the series starts at Daytona. It was the subject of my uh, race tech rant on Monday night. Um, you're kind of with me on this, I think. I feel no, like I've been I've been driving this bus for a long time. Actually, I almost feel a little upset. Like you you stole this from me. Um. um yeah. I don't, maybe. Maybe I did. I've yeah, never agreed yeah. that the series begins at Daytona. Um, I feel like it was Carmichael's move to. You know, the first couple rounds of the season were a little bit wild. You know, don't let anybody get too much confidence, you know, even if they had an early points lead, because he never was good. He never won Anaheim 1, for example. So I always think that was his move to keep the pressure on the guys. Like, oh, you might be winning now, but you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm coming for you. Just wait. Just wait. And they're like, oh, damn, he's only going to get better. But I don't really yeah. put any stock in that because, yes, well, there weren't. How, how it wasn't can, like he had these epic title comebacks where he was down 20 points and then Daytona just started ripping him off. And I don't understand. Daytona's been round seven some years and round ten other years. So how can you make that argument that it starts at Daytona when it's a different round? I, In yeah. Ricky's defense, uh, and I thought about this and talked about it because we're buddies now and I didn't want him to yep. not talk to me anymore. In Ricky's defense, maybe he was like, look, I beat everyone so badly at Daytona that it gave me the confidence going forward that I could win it, right? Because I just crushed these dudes' souls at Daytona, which he did almost every single year. And so in his mind, you know, his confidence, his belief, his, his, uh, his ramping up started at Daytona. And that's fine. That just doesn't mean the series starts at Daytona for anybody else. Um, yeah, but I don't even yeah. feel like that's borne out in any of the ways he won his titles. Now, yes, it is true, 2 Villamain got hurt before Daytona. Yeah. But that's a, that's, a, that's a different situation, you know. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily anything flipped except a dude got hurt. Yeah, um, we, we talked. Michael was already winning races coming into Daytona that year, and he won the race, and then he kept winning races. Yeah, he he won sixty two percent of his races before Daytona uh, in his yeah. title years. Yep. Um, yep. You know, we. I mean, oh five, uh, Chad beat him in Daytona straight up, and then Chad was much better in the second half of that year than he was at the beginning, and then oh three was the same thing. 
Carmichael won Daytona, and then Chad won every single race after Daytona. 06, he had a pretty big points lead at one point. Then he hit the boat, and the points lead almost dwindled after Daytona. Honestly, the points leads he had coming into Daytona are what bailed him out every time. It's the exact opposite. Yeah. And, of, and, yeah. and, and the, the points you get at Anaheim 1 all count the same as Daytona. They all count the same. There's no You know, here's how you no should do your data. Mm. You should just look at the points he scored before and after. Like, I would think he was in the negative after Daytona more often than he was in the positive. I would also bet he was, yes. not Maybe yeah. not every year, but uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, like 03, I mean, 03 is Chad won the last six races after Daytona. It, yeah. if, it had, if it had started at Daytona, Chad Reed's your champ. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, but uh, he just told me, we were texting back and forth about it, and uh, yeah. he just told me, yeah, he just felt like Daytona was the time where he would start, you know, laying the smack down on guys and getting in their heads and, and being there every week. And, I, again, I can't dispute this because this is how he feels. But yes. the facts don't, you know, don't bear that out. And so, yeah. yeah. I do think it is a way to check people's egos when they start the season hot, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where I was going with he beats everybody down at Daytona. He's like, I got you all. Watch this. I mean, he, t- Timmy, Timmy made the podium in 03, and he almost lapped him. He was two turns away from lapping third. Yeah. Like, good God. Yeah, that, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 So, all right, let's get some more phone calls here. Uh, Jason Wygant on the line. Anthony's on three. Anthony, what's up, man? Hey, uh... Well, I'm at work, first of all. Oh, yeah, okay, perfect. Thank <laughs> but, you. Yep. <laughs> no, I'm just super excited for the Supercross season to start this weekend. Um, just a quick question for Weege. Uh, does he reuse Q-tips that are clean? Mm. I mean, well, reuse, or is that using for the first time? I mean, the answer is yes. You mean if you used them and they didn't get dirty? Yeah. Uh, sure, absolutely. I'm to buy more. <laughs> Definitely. Don't want to buy uh, more. No. Good Question on, the, on the Renegade race field, do we know if Stu uh, – Stu use Renegade? I don't believe Stu used Renegade, no. The reason why I ask, because on 2014 when he had that epic ride going from 14th to 1st, mm-hmm. at the end of the race, Big James uh, went up to him and he's wearing a Renegade race field hat. So oh, okay. Just if, if that was the case, I was wondering, you could probably add that in on your yeah, yeah, read yeah. on Monday night saying – Renegade Rayfield taking Stu 14th to 1st. I can... Um, I bet you that was a Malcolm Geico thing, because didn't Will Hahn say that he... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Renegade. They did. Yeah. 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 Geico. Good, good, good pull, Weege. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, that was probably a Geico Honda thing with, with Malcolm. Yeah. So... Makes sense. All right. Didn't Big James... Thanks, man. I'm not joking. Didn't he have, like, a shirt? Didn't Big James have, like, a shirt with both riders' teams on? I feel like on, he or? did. Yeah, like a polo. That was like both Suzuki yeah. and Geico Honda. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. I think I think you're right. Uh, all right, Jack's on four. Uh, Callum Brower coming up, by the way. Uh, Jack, are you at work? Uh, absolutely, all day. Perfect. All right. Okay. So, uh, what's your question about Sexton? Okay, so, uh, so with Sexton going to the Baker's factory, or, or is he going to the Baker's factory? Going to KTM? It sounds like he kind of like is like a train by himself type of guy more. So I didn't know if he was yeah that, be full Baker's program. I think that's a long way from being settled. I don't know to be honest. I have no no idea. I, they've let you know they've let some guys do their own thing. Um, I don't know. Yep. I think if he's going to KTM, he's going there. That's, okay, that's my guess. And and let's be honest, if he wants to push back. Do they not have great evidence right now? And we'll never be able to win these arguments. But if I were them, I'd be like, yeah, you lead every race until six minutes to go, and then you crash. We're sending you to our trainer. (laughs) And, again, that might not be what's wrong with them, but they have a good argument. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, okay, uh, and then one more real quick, if you got time. Yeah. Um, so is there any chance, like, the SMX races in the future would go to, like, an outdoor venue, say, like, High Point or Redbud or something, and then they would put in a Supercross section to tie into the motocross? Is that no. – we am I, am I way off base? No, Weege is the SMX insider. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but so he would know. <laughs> literally, literally branded that way. No, I don't think they would because regardless of if the track races well, uh, that's not – it's supposed to feel like both. And I don't think anything – you could put as many obstacles as you want in High Point. It does not feel like a Supercross stadium in any way, shape, or form. So I don't think so. It, I know we, us as race fans, we just think of triples and Supercross whoops as that Supercross. But I feel like the stadium atmosphere has to be somewhat woven in. Uh, all right, Jack, that's a good question. Do you want a pair of 100% goggles or the Fly Racing windproof jersey? Uh, let's go with the goggles. All right, we'll put you on hold. We'll get you that information, all right? Uh, thanks for calling. I right, appreciate, appreciate it. Guys. Another guy that's at work. Uh, by the way, Decal Works' mission is to cater to those who love to ride. Upholding the true definition of quality, service, and knowledge, decalmx.com. Promo code PulpMX23 to get 20% off your custom graphics. Weed, you may be needing another set of side plates. So decalmx.com uh, for that. Nah, that wouldn't be right. That's my fault, not theirs. I'm going to uh, put you on the spot here a little bit. What do we know about that combined uh, GP AMA motocross race? Uh, I think it's something that could happen at okay. some point. Yep. I think it could happen, well, I which so. I know you're saying that's not probably enough info, but I could tell you unequivocally if you asked, what, five years ago? The answer would be there's no chance in hell. So. <laughs> no, no, yeah. So, so this is something, right? Yeah, look, I, I think they've talked, and I think that's awesome, and I hope it happens somewhere down the line. I, I'm, I'd be more excited about that than an SMX race. So, Honestly, I mean, I think SMX will be cool. We haven't yeah. seen it. It'll be interesting. But, I mean, look, people have been bench racing about this for 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> of of yeah. what if the GP guys race the yeah. AMA national guys straight up. Yep. It'd be pretty hard to match that level of hype. No, I, I agree for sure. <laughs> uh, all right, before we let you go, Kellen Brower coming up here on the show. We have uh, David on three. David, uh, are you at work? Yes, sir, I am. All right, perfect. Uh, what? Uh, what's your question? So, what do you guys consider the most triumphant win in Daytona Supercross history? David, how can, vote, how can you ask Weege this? 19... How can you ask? 1987, 1987, Rick Ryan. Yeah, has to be. I know. I I love Justin Brayton. The Justin Brayton win and Weege's reaction was just yeah amazing. Well, sickening. But, but 1987, yeah, okay. yeah. a guy on a bike that he bought at a dealership with like what appears to be handmade numbers on it and the original like yeah no way any air is getting through it. Fly racing gear. Come on, man. It's funny. Like, okay, so Ricky Ryan, who, by the way, in my podcast says he doesn't know where the Daytona Trophy is. and uh, that, I know. That's that amazing, me a little bit. Amazing. Privateer to win the race. Uh, first privateer to win a Supercross. And I don't know, like, Weege, I don't put Brayton in that category. He was getting factory Honda stuff, right? No. It was a support team, right? Like, Brayton. Yeah, okay, all right. I, I was trying to think if you were going to push back on that. So, uh, Ricky Ryan, yeah, the only privateer to really win a Supercross ever. Larry Ward never did it. Uh, came close so many times uh, as a Nolene guy. Um, uh, yeah, it's just never really happened. So that's a pretty big, pretty big deal for Ricky Ryan for sure. It was muddy. RJ crashed in the first turn. Uh, Keith Bowen was gone and shredded his uh, yep. uh, counter shaft, I believe, um, on near the end of the race. Bob Oliver, who I worked with at Yamaha, still told me that was one of the worst days for him as a in the industry. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Weege, what do you think? Uh, 
don't know, man. My phone's going weird. I can't really hear the question. Okay. Yeah. So just yeah. just Justin Brayton. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, something Brayton, Brayton, Brayton. That's <laughs> yeah, all I got. Okay. All right. Yeah, Justin Brayton, greatest win. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I don't know. I, I, Rick Ryan. I don't know. I'm not aware. I had an out of body experience back then. I don't, I'm not aware <laughs> I, this happened. Brayton's win was because we all saw Tomac coming. Great. No, and we all saw Tomac coming, and you knew Brayton had never won one of these things. And yeah. like it, I remember getting literally goosebumps when Brayton was coming up to the. Yeah. To the I mean, I was. Oh, I don't, me too. Yeah, me like, too. I don't get um, excited much these days. I'm pretty jaded. I've been to a lot of these races, and they're all the same yeah. after a while. But honestly, yeah, that was that was amazing. It was awesome. It, it really was. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I agree. So, um, thanks for the call, man. Thank you. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. All right, we before we let you go here, we're gonna Kellen Brower on here. Uh, give me your thoughts on R.J. Hampshire. Jumping up to the 450 class uh, for the first time ever, and what he's going to do at Daytona, and then give me your two winners uh, this Saturday night. Yeah, the Hampshire thing is cool, but we know how gnarly the 450 class is. Just take anyone who's jumped in there. Um, you know, Justin Cooper, we feel has ridden well, but he's gotten seventh. Uh, Craig has struggled to get to seventh, and, and Nichols has been trending the wrong way. I just. As good as Hampshire could ride, and it was exciting it is, we just need to expect that even if he finishes, say, ninth or something, don't, like, shrug your shoulders and be like, well, that wasn't impressive. Like, this field is tough, dude. This field is tough. So just have reasonable expectations. Um, I'm still surprised he's doing it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, he told, anyway, that's cool. And He told, uh, winner, me, uh, he told me he gets, huh? he gets his, his choice of three East Coast races he gets to do on a 450. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad. I, I wish more did it. I'm, I'm surprised they're doing it, but I wish more did. Right. Uh, as far as the winners, um, I will still take the easy money and go with uh, Tomac. And, uh, yeah, I still feel a Hunter Lawrence is still a level. Got a gap on everybody, so I'll just pick him, too, make it easy on myself. Wow, yeah, really going out there. But, hey, I get I it. Know, I know, I know. I mean, Thrasher's been good. and J-Mart? I don't see him J-Mart? winning, but we do have J-Mart out there. No one loves Daytona more than J-Mart. It's J-Mart. I mean, J-Mart on a 450 kicked some ass at Daytona once. He did, yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, yep. Uh, thanks for your time, Weege. Racer X Online, as always. Uh, thank you, buddy. Enjoy the live announcing this weekend. Yep. You won't hear a word of it because you won't be there. Nope. Yep. <laughs> right, thanks, man. All right. Appreciate yep. it. Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Please check them out at your local dealer or um, uh, motorsport.com. Thank you to the Vertex guys. They provide the highest quality aftermarket replacement and performance kits for the power sports industry, including complete engine rebuild kits, piston kits, gasket kits, and more. Uh, they make uh, uh, pistons for uh, over there in Italy, uh, two-stroke, four-stroke, dirt bikes, ATV, UTV, snowmobiles, and more. VertexPistons.com. Thank you to those guys. Plum Creek Funding. Get Data. Decal Works. Maxis. 100% all on board with us, as well as uh, Fly Racing. Uh, let's get to our next guest here from uh, RaceRex Online. It's uh, Kellen Brower. What's up, Kellen? How are you, man? I'm good, Steve. How are you, man? I'm good. Thanks for calling in. Uh, before we get too far into this, and I knew you would know the answer to this, your guy, the bullet, he raced a preseason race. I don't have any idea how he did, except for his social media said he's going to be better. How did the bullet do in the preseason race? Well, I actually don't have the information on his exact overall result, but I do know that it didn't go the way he wanted. And, and he said something along the lines of like, yeah, I'm just not where I'm at, and I'm hoping to go out and just score points at the first round. So I think he's, I don't know, catching up a little bit. For some reason, he's just not 100% ready to go. And uh, he even said that he's hoping to maybe be winning by halfway through the season. So <laughs> I don't get it, but uh, we'll see what happens. No wonder why all of my group texts was all of you Bullet fan club members was very silent. 
Um, I couldn't quite <laughs> figure it out. But, yeah, I didn't hear much from Lewis, you, Parabinos, JT, Dan. Didn't hear much about from the bullet guys. So now we know. We'll get we'll get there when it's yeah, time. We'll get there. Okay. When it's all right. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, let me start. Let me ask you uh, right where we picked up with Weege. RJ Hampshire. Uh, thoughts on that? And uh, obviously you're a Pulp Mex fantasy player. Like uh, he's, a, he's a three. Uh, will you be picking him? And what do you think? Uh, I don't think I'll be picking him. I mean, I'll have to see what happens in qualifying. And if he blows my ears off, then maybe I'll do that. But uh-huh. uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I wish more of these guys would do this, you know, jump up and race the opposite coast thing on a 450. But uh, for Hampshire's sake, he's never been like, super awesome at Daytona. So I don't think that this track is the home vibes and feeling a lot better there or anything like that, that he'll go out and absolutely show what he's made of or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I did hear what Weege had to say. And I would say kind of the same thing, like, you know, the Craigs and the, the Nichols and the Justin Cooper's out there right now. They're just seven to 10 guys. Uh, they're not mixing it up with those front six at the moment. And so if Hampshire even gets to that level, I, I would be the, I would think that that's a great ride for him. So I don't know if I put him there, maybe like a 10 to 11, you know, 10 to 12 guy maybe this weekend, but it'll be cool to watch. Yeah, it should be. Do you think, like realistically, can J-Mart win? The 250 class? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think he I mean, can win. You know, he hasn't, he, he won the last main there, triple, but he got a bit of a gift. Other than that, he hasn't been on the podium. So that, that, I think it's a little bit of a question mark. Yeah, I think it would be a long shot. I don't think that he's the favorite or anything going in. But, I mean, like you said, he loves Daytona. Like, he's so excited. Even talking to him after the race at at, um, Texas, he was all about, yeah, we're going to Daytona. And, you know, coming off of a win in this final race is going to help me be more confident going into it and stuff like that. So I I think he's feeling the good vibes. And maybe that just kind of carries him to a better start and a better position early on in the main event to challenge for a win. Yeah, all right. Uh, well said, I think. It, it, it'd be cool to see him win. I'd be stoked for Club MX and J-Mart and all of that, right? Um, that, that'd be awesome uh, for the series. Would Phil be stoked? What's that? Phil? I said, would uh, Phil be stoked? <laughs> uh, probably. I think Phil would be happy because it's the team, but not for J-Mart. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. Not uh, for J-Mart. No, uh, Mason's on five. Mason, uh, are you at work? I'm working. Perfect. All right, thank you. Uh, what is, uh, what's your question, man? Yeah, question. Um, is tomorrow finally going to be the Friday that I can uh, update my app? I've tried to been listening to this show all morning, and I've crashed like five times. I'm getting sick of it. Uh, that would be a Travis Marks question, sir. Uh, you might want to just can direct you that to him. get him on the line? Uh, probably not, but you could direct, definitely talk to him on social media. He's very receptive to, to uh, uh, people asking about the app. So <laughs> I will do that. Okay. You got it. Um, no, but my real question is, why don't uh, more teams practice with tough blocks or some kind of track line or even caution tape just to uh, get the riders accustomed to something being on the edge like that? I think someone did have tough blocks made out of the track, Kellen. I don't remember who it was. I want to say Honda. Someone had tough blocks out there at one point. Yeah, I think the reason why they probably don't is because it is an added kind of risk where, you know, you get just a seat bounce triple wrong once, and then you're flipping through tough locks instead of just jumping off the track safely, which you can easily do without them. Um, but I do think that it is really dumb when I see practice track videos and these guys are, like, low-lining off the side of triples and stuff like that because that doesn't help them in any shape or form. I don't know what you could do. Maybe you put, like, some uh, Cherby stakes across the track so that they have limits that they have to stay within or whatever, but yeah. I think the safety side of it is just not good for them there. Dude, I spent so much time at the Yamaha test track. I remember just being in awe at the four-inch 
uh, groove around the track that these guys took every single lap, and the and the and the rest of the the jump, you know, ninety percent of the rest of the jump was perfectly in great shape, and they just would not get off the line that you know allowed them to lower the lap time. You know, they. Just, I know. Yeah, it's it's nuts to see these guys do that. Uh, thanks, Mason. Thanks for the call, man. Hope you're well. Thanks, Thank you. Thank. Uh, let's go to Taylor on one. Taylor, well, welcome to the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. What's your question, man? Hey guys, a couple questions for you. Appreciate you taking the call. So first off, Steve, um, you know I am at work uh, okay. today, working right. hard. So working hard actually to support the privateers. Actually, help nice. out a lot of privateers in the sport. Great. So if you want to go out and run an East Coast 250 team, let's say uh, two riders, you know you're not paying them salary, but you're doing like a satellite deal. You got some sponsorship, whatever. Um, what what do you think it's going to cost? No outdoors, just two fifty supercross. You know what? I have no idea. That be that's a good question. I mean, it depends on are you getting bikes and parts for free? Like, are you getting yeah, the rig yeah, for free? Yeah, you know, bikes, bi- yeah. bikes and parts. Uh, you know, got you got the rig already. Not a semi, but a tow yeah. home. Are you? Um, are the riders driving or are you flying? Like, them? You know, they'll, they'll have a uh, per diem, so their travel will be covered. But obviously, right. they'll be like performance based pay. Um, you know, they won't be salary, but right. you know, it puts them. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, you're going to look at, you're going to look at a 1500 bucks a weekend per diem. That's probably maybe a little high, but that's mm-hmm. three grand a weekend. There's nine races. That's $27,000. You need to pay the mechanics probably thousand bucks a week, a couple mechanics. That's uh nine races. That's uh Another twenty. That's forty. I mean, you're probably looking at you know seventy five k, a hundred k, gas and everything. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, mean, you know, I was listening. I was listening to Brandon Haas on the show a while back. Yeah. And he said they're around a million, but you know they're doing a different program. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would put together an outdoors program, but the, it's just not worth. It. I mean, outdoors, man, it's, it's just a lot. Not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's no. not worth it. Um, you know what? And, if you are on um, Instagram. Uh, hit mm-hmm. up my buddy Josh Woods. He's GPF. Uh, his name is GPF. He runs a GPF facility. He ran a small two-man team for a number of years in East Coast Supercross. Mm-hmm. He's a good dude. DM him and ask him. Tell him I said to ask you how much it cost him. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And and you know I support a lot of private tiers what at Handball in college. Uh, only other question. Um, I made a post about wanting to ranch a while back as I didn't have a ranching deal. And uh, on Twitter, and you know, Dark got involved. Our good buddy Dark. Dark. Um, and uh, I know Dave Analock is over at Rick Ware. I sent Rick a letter, man. I've emailed Dave. Can't get nothing back to you. I just want to get with them guys. How, what, what do I got to do? I mean, I'm going to Indy. I'm going to Nashville and stuff. What can I do to get in with those guys? Do I try to go to Rick Ware Racing Shop, or what do I got to do? With yeah, all that helps, man. Absolutely. Go up and introduce yourself. Ask for these people. You know, call them. Call the shop. Uh, you know, try to get a hold of these people and put yourself in front of them, man. You know? Yeah. I'm um, trying to get a hold of Analog, man. I want to I wanna be there. I'm yeah. I'm trying to get a hold uh, of them just back. Keep, keep trying and, and get get your foot in the door and, and keep working and, and network and all of that, you know? So. All right. Well, All right. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Stay you, Thanks, man. Thank Bye. you. Uh, or you could just start, you know, start your systems and become an instant millionaire like <laughs> Kellen Brower. So.
Yeah, well, instant millionaire. Overnight yeah. success, for sure. Oh, exactly. Uh, 702-586-PULP, you got a question. Uh, I want to thank the folks at Plum Creek Funding, by the way. Uh, a lot of people in the industry, uh, myself, JT, uh, Parabinos, and more, have used Plum Creek Funding. Zach at PlumCreekFunding.com. If you're looking to purchase a home in 2023, if you're a first-time buyer, you're an investor, vacation home like Kellen Brower has, uh, Plum Creek Funding has programs to suit your needs. If you already own a home, you're looking to pull cash out, contact Zach at PlumCreekFunding.com. They can assist in 12 different states now. Thank you to Plum Creek Funding uh, for coming on board. Uh, lots of still phone calls here. We're still giving away the Fly Racing uh, windproof jersey. Kellen Brower on the show. Um, all right, so obviously I feel like I wrote this this week, uh, Kellen, for the 250 class. I still think Hunter is the clear favorite to win most of these races, and obviously he didn't win the Triple Crown, but you know went down the first turn and all that. But, Kellen, if you had told me, hey, here's the podium, and it was any combination of Thrasher, Jordan, Vial, Anstey, J-Mart, or Hayden Deegan, I would just say yes, absolutely. Like, I don't have a clear second or third favorite in this class. Yeah, I would say Thrasher's becoming my second favorite slowly because he's just had the raw speed, I think, over even his teammate Jordan Smith and Max Anstey. So if he can start up front, I think that he beats those guys like nine times out of ten. But I agree with you. I think any other of those names, you throw them on the podium, I'm sure it's going to happen. Like we could even see Vial, you know, Daytona, more outdoorsy this weekend. Maybe he gets on the box for the first time, uh, you know, Jordan Smith has been awesome, wins a triple crown race. Anthony's been solid. I mean, they all have their reasons why you could say that they could contend or, or be at the front. So I, I 100% agree with you there on those picks. Uh, yeah. How, how have you, obviously, big MXGP guy that you are, what's your big. thoughts on Vial's first three? I'm actually really impressed because he definitely learned Supercross really quickly. Uh, I, you know, I saw him ride in October. Some, I think I told you this a couple weeks ago, but it was not great. <laughs> I'll just say that. Uh, he went over the bars and the whoops even pretty violently, but was able to kind of lawn dart out of the side of it and not get actually demolished by the bike. And now when I watch him go through the whoops, I'm like, yeah, he's not fast, but mm-hmm. he's on top of him and he's consistent and he's clean and he hasn't gotten any wild kicks or anything like that. So I think that's the most impressive thing to me is that he's learned it fast, but also learned to commit to the whoops and learn to be consistent mm-hmm. through them and not try to, you know, breakneck speed them or do something stupid that's going to cause them to crash. He's just taking it smooth and consistent, and he needs these, you know, crucial this year and the next year to build and get better and better at Supercross uh, because if you crash and miss it, you're missing a lot of experience that you could be gaining by being out there. Yeah, that's exactly it, right? You get off the treadmill, and it takes you a while to get back on. And uh, and capture yep. capture what you need to do. Uh, John's on five. John, are you at work? Yes, sir. Perfect. Uh, what's your question, man? So I was listening to your re-raceables that you did with Chris Kiefer and being from the high desert and all. Um, just looking up to him. Uh, I play your Pulpamex fantasy game and it's a massive headache. I was wondering who is the new Chris Kiefer? How he said he didn't really care how he did once he got into the main. Oh, there's a lot of those guys, Kellen, right? I mean, there's, there, I know privateers that tell me that, that they just ride for nine minutes. They just do nine-minute sprints because that's what they want to do to get in the main event, and after that, they're dead tired, right? Uh, yeah. Kellen, there's a lot of those guys, Kellen. Yeah, I mean, even this past weekend, like, Carnell makes his first 450 main, and, um, you know, it's not like he was riding around, but he definitely wasn't, like, the pace of some of the guys that were, like, 15 to 17-ish, and so you could tell that he was it just riding within himself, and he'd get lapped, and he'd pull out of the way and just out there 
collecting points and collecting money, which, hey, good on him. Like, I'm not good enough to make a 450 main event, but I think that that's kind of where he's at. And like you're saying, there's a lot of guys, I think, in the 250 class that are like that too. They just go out there. They're trying to make a main event. They got their six minutes of heaven in them for the heat race and then they make the main and go out there and do another six minutes and roll around and collect some money yeah uh you're right brandon's on four brandon are you at work uh yeah on lunch but yeah at work yeah perfect all right what's your jet lawrence question yeah no first off sorry for asking another jet question i know we talk about about him enough but uh when he was on your show a couple weeks ago he mentioned that he was going to be in his off weeks he was going to be testing the 450 for outdoors and on Supercross for SMX. And I was just kind of wondering, like, if you're Jet or Honda, like, isn't he just about as close as you can get to a shoe-in to win, like, the 250 SMX and all the money that would come with that? Wouldn't that make more sense? Sure. Uh, I don't know about a shoe-in, but I think he's just he's time, right? It's just, he's just graduating. He doesn't want to jump back down to a 250. It's, I mean, first of all, I don't know that he's running a 450 in SMX. I just assume that, Kellen. Right, I don't. Yeah, I I think that's the plan. Yeah, um, I don't think. Yeah, they got Hunter Lawrence. I I, th- I would think Hunter is also a bit of a favorite to win the outdoors. I think when we come into the outdoors, Hunter's going to be my favorite to win, um, just by a little bit over Justin Cooper and some other guys. So, I think he's just t- Brandon. He's just going to move up. It's just time, right? So. Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, I get it. I just thought, like, you know, when they're talking about all the prize money and all that kind of stuff, it was like, yeah, well, dude, even even, like even, that, even that prize money, it, it, Jet Lawrence doesn't doesn't, you know, like he's making a couple million dollars a year. That money. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't know if that's going to be a motivating factor. So, all right, all right, all right thanks. thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Mark's on three. Mark, what's up, man? How are you? What's your? Are you at work? Uh, I work from home, but work for myself. Okay. So does that count? Yeah, sure. Uh, what's your sure. question, man? Hey, have you noticed that some of the triples this year, I noticed at Arlington and at A2, between the second and third jump, they're filling them in. So there's not like a full drop down back to ground level. Got to be maybe for safety in case someone has to double instead of triple. That is a futures edition, I believe, Kellen. Uh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, there you go. I, I agree. I think, I think actually both triples were – slightly shorter as well because they're both out of some pretty tight corners without berms so the 90 at anaheim had a smallish berm but it was a 90 and then this past weekend there was no berm so i think they even shortened it which helps kind of that transition to be built between the gap anyway because there's not a whole divot down and back up kind of thing but yeah i do think you're right it's a future thing yeah uh yep thanks mark appreciate it thank you man uh kellen brower on the uh, fly racing uh moto 60 show we have chris on five chris are you at work I am not at work. Okay. All right. Uh, what's your question, man? So I have a question. You're you're always very critical of guys not stepping up to the 450 class to make money, but I haven't heard you be too critical about Max Anstey and him dropping down, and then he's obviously doing pretty well in the 250 class. I'm just trying to get your opinion on that. Well, to me, Anstey was gone racing no Supercross for – eight years or whatever you know what i mean like he rode 250s mm-hmm. here for two or three years went to europe for eight years came back rode one season of 450s uh in supercross for the hep guys and then you know then disappeared again with that whole um uh, uh butler brothers fiasco so like i get what you're saying he's i mean he's gotta be he's gotta be 30 something years old right kellen 30 
maybe? Yeah, I think yeah. he is 30, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, you know, he is getting older, but look at his actual experience. Like, it's not a lot, right? So okay. it's kind of like, I, you know, was Osborne, I, I was getting heat because when Osborne was doing it, people were like, oh, he's your buddy, that's why you're not saying it. And I'm like, no, he just, he was gone for five years, you know, not racing Supercross, like didn't have that experience. So I'm a little bit less uh, uh, um, harsh on those guys. There's not a lot of career do races you, under their belts. Do you think maybe he just didn't spend enough time in the 250s and hopped into the 450s too quickly? Um, you mean when he came back, or what do you mean? Yes. Yeah. When he, I, when he came back, just. I think there was nothing for him in Europe. Like he lost his ride. He didn't have anything. He took that HEP ride. Um, and I think his 450 Supercross was good, Kellen. He was a 10 to 15 guy, which is fine. You know, yeah, he was solid. I mean, I feel like you know he was right in the mix with Sabachi and all those other guys. I mean, maybe Joey was a little bit better, but it, yeah, there's nothing bad. It's just that if you have a chance and you're eligible, I think a lot of those guys would move back down to contend for a 250 title. I mean, Joey Sabachi would have loved to fill in for Pro Circuit Kawasaki this year if he could have, but he can't. He's not eligible. Okay. So I think that you take what you can get, you get the right offer to you to move back down, maybe score a championship. Why not? All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate everything you do. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, we still have the Fly Racing windproof jersey to give away. Jake, do you want the Fly Racing uh, windproof jersey? I uh, would love it. All right. Well, you win that. Uh, are you at work or are you at home? Where are you at? I am at work. I just finished installing a generator. All right. Um, <laughs> what is this, Steve? What are you? At? Why are you asking this? <laughs> I just uh, It's just something I was thinking about, and I think I got a DM about it, too. I just we have a ton of calls on this show, more so than the pulp show even, which is five hours. Yeah. And I think it's because people are at work and they just don't want to work and so they're just gonna call the show. You know? <laughs> okay. And and Fair I'm proven enough. right. And I'm proven right. I'm so surprised far. how many people are not at work. Well only two. That's still okay. now, now to be fair, I've been listening to the show the entire time on headphones, praying my call got answered while working. So at least I was still yeah, working. Yeah. Um <laughs> good point. All right, what's your question, man? All right, so it just kind of sparked in me. I was listening to the the Pulp Show, you know, post-recording, and you guys talked about the tires, and, I mean, I know they're not spec tires, but is there something? Is there not something they could do instead of running the same tire all the time to help Sexton with this front-end traction? I mean, as much as he's trusting his front-end and everybody's talking about how they see how much he pushes on it, I mean, you can only do so much on suspension. Why not think about, like, some front-end traction, like maybe some extra side knobs, like – something to help the man from sliding as much maybe well they're trying i guarantee you they've tried air pressure and tire stuff you know all of that um you know for comfort all of that uh so yeah i would i would say that they're trying to do that there's always that fine line right of trying to get grip on the front end and uh make the suspension work well enough for the speeds he goes it's a it's a james stewart issue for a long time and there is only so far you can push g-forces and Weight and horsepower and dirt and traction, right? Like, sometime at some point, right. it has so, to come down to the rider being like, I can't push that hard. Right. So that's what I was going. That would be my second follow up there to you. Is do you think maybe he is pushing past the limit of what's possible, and if he just stopped that, maybe that's what his ticket is? Absolutely. I'm sure that's what people are telling him. <laughs> yeah. You know what but, I mean? I mean, I, mean, like, I know. Yeah. I know yeah. it sounds simple. No, but it's for like, sure. Truthfully, it's like they're only capable of doing so much. Absolutely. On a bike. Like it's, you can only reinvent the wheel to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree, and uh, I'm sure they're working with them and trying to do that. And 
Sexton himself, you know, probably looking at he's probably looking at some photos, looking at his weight balance, looking at where his head is over his triple clamps, where his body's positioned, and trying to be like, okay, here's what I did wrong here, here's what I did wrong there, here's what I need to fix, that kind of stuff, you know. So I know it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be like a Stewart type run if that man figures it out. I know we're all saying it, but yeah. I'm I'm excited to see it happen. I I think you're right, man. Thanks for the call. Stay on hold, okay? We'll get you that jersey. Thanks for calling. All righty, thank you. Thank you. Carlos is on three. Carlos, what's up, man? Are you at work? I sure am at work. All right. What's your question? So I had a suggestion for the Pulpamex. I was listening to uh, Nick Letty this past show talk about how he broke his wrist or whatever, and then the medical came out there and looked at it. Mm-hmm. Dude, you need to get somebody. I don't know how this works, but somebody that works for the Alpine Star Medical Team on the show and talk about like the most gruesome injuries and how they figure about you know helping riders off the track things like that. I think that'll be really fucking cool. It would be kind of neat. You got to be careful with that stuff. Medical laws, disclosing injuries, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you so you have to be you have to dance around that a little bit. But it would be kind of interesting to. To talk to Doc Bodner or somebody like that, uh, Kellen, right? Don't you think that'd be neat? Yeah, I, th- I yeah. think it would be neat if you got, I mean, someone that we know has had a pretty gruesome injury and that Doc Bodner's worked on him on the show at the same time to yeah. talk about the process because then sure. that way you are cleared with like the rider is talking about it already. So medically, you don't have to jump through the hoops because there are too many violations with the medical laws of if they disclose an injury without prior consent and stuff like that. And, yeah, so it, it can be a little tricky right. for sure. Yeah, and, and I don't yeah. mean I don't mean like talking to the doctor. I'm talking to the people that help these guys off the track and send them out to hospitals. You know, they they assess the, the injury things. Yeah, like that's that. that's the asterisk. That's the Alpine Star Medical Crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be that would be really cool. Um, yeah, no, wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't bad idea. I'll put it in the uh, in the bank. Thanks for the idea, man. Thanks, Carlos. Thanks, man. All Thank right, you. all right, Kellen. Uh, we can't get to all the calls. Thanks for everybody for uh, for calling in, uh, Kellen. Your winners for Daytona. Let's have it. And please, well, please don't do the Hunter Tomac thing, please. No, 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 no. We're going we're gonna to pick Tom Vial. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I do think you can't bet against Tomac. I was going over some stats. Webb and Sexton, neither of them have ever won at Daytona before. So I don't see how they could beat Tomac this weekend. I don't know. Maybe Tomac crashes and something happens. So I will pick him 450s. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to send it. J-Mart wins 250. Nice. He's so good at Daytona. He has been on the podium six times out of seven there. And like you guys have said, he's been on the podium on a 450 there. I say J-Mart gets it done. Club of Mexico gets their first win. Nice. I like it. All right. 450s? I said Tomac. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed it. Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, thanks for calling, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're not going to Daytona either. So let's just nope. uh, you know enjoy the, uh, enjoy the weekend off, you and I. So. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, thanks for calling, man. Thanks, man. All right, that's Kellen Brower, Racer X's own. Tits, great work today. Yeah, buddy, Fantastic. thank you. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thank you to Vertex, Pistons, 100%, Maxis, Decal Works, Plum Creek Funding, Get Data, Fly Racing, Moto 60 Show, flyracing.com. By the way, uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 12, 14 to 2 for people who are at work, in case you're wondering. Thanks for calling. See you next week.